3: I want to have them answered immediately.
2: Or just want to learn about all things automotive.
0: Hey, how exactly does a positive track rear end on a
4: Plymouth work?
2: It just does. Then you've come to the right place. So start your engines, buckle up, and get ready to ride. Drive Radio
5: starts now on KLZ 560 The Source. All right, this is Drive Radio KLZ 560. Myself, Jeff Kitty, who's always been our transmission expert, by the way. If you've got a question for Jeff along those lines, please let us know. Lines are open 303 477 5600. 303 477 5600. So let's go to the phones. We've already got them lit up. Let's get going here. Brad and Jefferson. Brad, welcome. How are you? How's Jefferson today, by the way?
6: Uh, it's been a little bit cold up here. Uh, I'll tell I you saw what, that. Yeah, it's beautiful, man. The skies are blue. It was nice yesterday. Uh, we got down to, I've got two different weather stations. Uh, two days ago, one said minus 20 and the other said
5: minus 24. So, well, You guys sit down in that valley, so that doesn't surprise me.
6: Yeah, yeah. I'll tell you what, though. I don't think we get as much snow as you guys get. No, Denver. you actually, you
5: guys don't. I mean, that's actually a surprise. I mean, you guys get it a little bit and it blows around, but you don't get, I think, near the quantity we do.
6: Exactly. And you know what, John, I think they consider this, I'm, I'm not too far from Terryall Reservoir. Right. It's, they just consider like high something desert. I think
5: you're right. Yes, yeah, I believe so, that's correct. Yes. Yeah. Nice yeah, area, but I love that area. That, that valley is just beautiful.
6: Yeah, I'll tell you what, man, there's lots to do. If guys, you know, ATV, well, I shouldn't probably say this because a bunch of people come up here, but ATV and, you know, motorcycling and all kinds of fishing. Oh, it's there's great. I,
5: yeah. I go that way to Breck sometimes. I, you know, go around the back way and go that way over to Breck, and it's, it's, a, it's a great area.
6: Yeah, yeah, we see a lot of you guys going over to Breck a lot more these days.
5: <laughs> yeah, because if I-70 is all jammed up, you go that way.
6: <laughs> hey, I'll tell you what, if I lived in town, I was in Wheat Ridge. I moved from Wheat Ridge up here about five years ago, um, and I'm a native, but I would do the same thing. Yep. To be honest, I'd do the same exact thing. So, yeah. um, All right, hey, uh, I've got a two-part question. Okay,
5: both, that's fine. We'll take it.
6: Okay, both kind of concerning the similar topic. Okay, I've got a 2009 Toyota Corolla. And uh, I was looking at replacing the struts on the uh, st- uh, the front struts on it right now. And I guess, um let's see, where should I go with this? I'm trying to keep my...
5: Um, how many, real quick, how many miles, Brad?
6: That's what I was going to tell you. It's, it's got 175,000. Okay. Okay, the engine's tight. Uh, transmission's good. Um, I, I went all through this car. It's a car my dad got from my sister. Okay. It, it mm-hmm. looks really good. It sounds really good. The engine sounds tight. Here's my question, um, and this is the two part. Um, I, I'm looking at Napa. You know, I don't know what all we can and can't send the radio, but I, I buy my parts from them because I like those parts.
5: Sure. Um, yeah. yep, no, they're one of our main sponsors, and we love them too. So yeah. I still get um, all of my stuff.
6: Yeah, absolutely. Hey, and so the struts I'm looking at, I'm going to just go with the, the the full unit where I just change out the whole unit. Yep. yep.
5: It's the best way to do it. Yep.
6: And let's see. Here's what I'm looking at. I'm looking at two different struts, and, and I'll tell you. And I'll, then I'll tell you why I can't decide. Okay, they've got their base basic strut for it. One's called a Performer, the other's called a Response. Um, they're running about 100. And, well, I don't know if I should even say. On, let me put it. This no, you way. can say it.
5: We don't care. It Doesn't matter. Sure. Okay, right.
6: they're, they're, they're running about 144 dollars. Okay. Yeah. Which is less than the same thing that they're running at, at O'Reilly's. But um, so we've got those, and I'm just guessing that that's just a, a base. Base type of a strut, but then I'm also looking at the KYBs that are hundred dollars more. They're two hundred thirty-four dollars each. Now, here's my question as far as which way to go on it. You got a car with one hundred seventy-five thousand. My dad's going to be the driver. Um, He's going to drive that thing, you know, like a baby. I mean, he's going to take good care of it. Um, You know, no hard braking, none of that stuff. No hard cornering and all that stuff. I don't know which strut to go with. Number one because of the miles, but number two, because it sounds to me like listening to our, our local and national politicians and, and the direction things are going. I agree with you, John, and all the guys there that um eventually they want the cars off the road.
5: They do. Yep.
6: Um E V is just a stepping stone you're to right. that point.
5: I agree. Yep. And you know my feelings, so you're you're right in line with my thoughts.
6: Yeah, absolutely. Now, here's the other thing I thought about is what's the stepping stone from this point to EV? And, you know, I know there's a shortage of workers. Um, I, I see the roads. I don't see them getting better. Nope. They, you know, they'll just, and, and that could be a persuasive, you know, tool to get us to that point of, man, you know, I'm tired of driving on these roads. I'm going to move closer to work, take mass transit, whatever the deal is. Um, so here's my question. If, if that were the case, the roads will continue to get worse. I mean, they're already bad enough in the state. Which strut would you go with? Would you go with a little bit heavier-duty strut on a car with that many miles or just go with the base strut? How,
7: how, how many miles does your dad drive?
6: He doesn't drive much, and it's mainly around town. He might come up here to the mountains
7: once a month or
5: – Go with the cheaper strut. And, and I just looked at the warranty on those. They're still a limited lifetime. Yep. A replacement will be issued for a unit that proves defective during normal use on the vehicle in which it was originally – Installed. That is Napa's warranty on that, and it's as good as you'll find on any of the others, Brad.
6: Absolutely, and you know what, John? I did the same thing. I printed up their website is an awesome website. You know, uh, it is. I printed up the uh, the warranty on that, and that's what they've got, and it's on that Proformer series. Yeah.
5: That's all. That's all. I wouldn't. I mean, there's no reason to spend the extra no. money. And by the way, folks listening, I, it wouldn't matter if it was this car with a hundred and seventy-five thousand or a newer car with fifty thousand. Brad, I'd have the same answer.
7: Yeah.
6: Okay, that's awesome. That is awesome. Let me ask you guys this: Would you do the rears at the same time? I
5: would. Yes. Yep.
6: Would you? Okay.
5: And, okay, and, sounds- and, and for everybody listening, and, by the way, too, real quick, just so you all know. NAPA doesn't build its own shocks. No. I mean, very, very few people build their own shocks. KYB happens to. NAPAs are going to be made from Tenneco or Monroe, if you would. That's the same yeah. company, if you would. So it's a Monroe shock anyways, Brad. Yeah.
6: Okay, excellent, excellent. Yeah, because I put KYBs on some cars in the past, and but all of a sudden I started thinking about it, I thought, you know what, um, I'm the direction things are going that leads to my second question, and not to take up too much time if there's other guys. No, you're wait. fine. Go, go
5: ahead. ahead. You're fine. Keep going. These are great um, questions.
6: Let me ask you this. Okay, you guys were talking about, I think it was last week, about front-end alignments, or a couple weeks ago. You know, people don't get in, they don't get them often enough. They don't do them enough. No. 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 Nobody does. Let me ask you this. Anticipating, and I really think this is the way it's going to go, because it, it fits with the way state and local governments work and stuff, is anticipating worse roads. What would you do to cars, Or and I know you want to watch front-end alignments, but would you beef up, I mean, just even compact cars, sedans, would you do anything different to the suspensions? Uh, would you continue to look, you know, maybe put it up on the jacks, look underneath, make sure ball joints and stuff are tight, but as we run into worse road, road conditions... What recommendations do you have it, there's for There's
5: really, suspension-wise, nothing. I mean, a car is built the way it's built. There's There are, in some extreme cases, and guys that do, you know, racing and off-roading and so on. But I, there, I, this is a conversation, literally, Brad, we could talk about for the next hour because there's pros and cons to even doing the beefing up per se. And okay. on a stock-type vehicle, no, all I would be doing is things – deteriorate, which I think you're correct by the way I think you're just going to see things get worse and worse that's where that front end check and alignment just becomes something that as time goes by instead of doing it you know annually you're probably going to need to bump that to biannually annually and do yeah. it twice a year is what you're going to do
6: okay that's awesome and, and as far as tires go and stuff i I you know I
5: by like- the way that's the next thing I was going to mention because as we get down that path, and we have worse and worse roads, that to me is going to be a bigger issue than even the suspension you know, components and brands and things you're doing because the tire is going to take the most abuse out of what you're talking about, and having a better tire will be probably the next thing folks are going to need to do, not buy the cheapest thing out there.
6: That is awesome. That You know what, John? That's exactly what I was looking for because I, I do that. I, I, I bumped up the quality and tires I get now where the sidewalls maybe have there a more protection in them. No,
5: I, no that's like exactly no. what you're going to have to do with the roads we have. You're 100% correct.
6: Well, it sounds like everybody in town is going to have to start buying the tires that we buy up here. <laughs> they are. No,
5: you're, no, you are right, Brad. I mean, there's yeah. some there's some roads here in town that are, that are no – actually, I've, I've driven your roads up there. They're worse than what you guys have. Yeah. Yeah.
6: Well, and I, you know what you see, John, is is you don't see any river rock when it's sticking out of the these road, dirt roads, or well, the roads themselves. You know, the paved roads, yeah, that's one thing. But on the dirt roads, you see a lot of uh, jagged granite,
5: right? Yeah, and
6: when and then when they go through and grade it, all they do is they pull up some more of that jagged granite. That's right. And it's it's you know it's not it's not the best. Deal no, right,
5: no, so. you are right. You are, and folks forget too, Brad, that our roads are built out of that same granite-type rock. That's what ends up going into our asphalt. And so two two things there. It's also why our roads are— make sure I explain this correctly. So our roads, when they're slick, won't be as slick as some of the roads in, for example, some of the southern states where they don't have the granite content in the asphalt because our roads, even though they might look slick, won't be as slick because that granite content as some of those other roads in other states. right right yeah that makes sense so there you go
6: well that that's awesome great question
5: brad by the way appreciate it
6: it. just something to throw out there to every listening if they don't already know i'm sure most people do is is i was getting ready to get a front end alignment put on that down at extreme the guys have been good i talked to you guys about that weeks ago um really appreciate the the work they do down there because they get it right thanks but i just happened to call down there and i and i told i think it was mike i said hey man i'm scheduled for a front end alignment but i'm going to be doing the um, the left CV axle uh, on that uh, Corolla, but I'm also doing the struts. Should I hold off? Is that going to throw that alignment now? Yes. yes. He, yep. He says, no, yeah. He says, Wait. we'll cancel the appointment. We'll yep. set you up for later. Let us know when you're yeah. done.
5: There you go. He That's the right answer. Glad he said so, that. Yep. Yeah. Spot on. Hey,
6: guys, thanks so much. Thank I, you, I, Brad. Appreciate, appreciate it, man. appreciate the
5: program. No, thank you. Thanks for being a great listener and a customer of theirs as well. We appreciate yeah. that very much. Dennis and Mike, you guys hang tight. We'll come right back. Drive Radio, KLZ 560.
8: Home values are rising 8, 10, and 13% in some areas. Trying to buy it but keep missing? Take AIM to show you how to make sure you're at the top of the list. Don't think you have the money to cover appraisal gaps? Let us show you options. Take AIM, 720 500 Locally owned and operated since 2001. We know how to help. Rates will continue to stay low. Values will continue to increase. Take AIM, 720 500 Many have refinanced out of their 30-year mortgage and now have rates in the twos. Lower payment, shorter term, and they're saving thousands. Are you paying more than 3% on your debt? Convert those to a lower rate and keep more of your money. 720-895-0500. Self-employed and been told you don't qualify? Nonsense. There are many options. Talk to us and see why we've been helping those self-employed for years. Our customer service is unmatched in Colorado. Take AIM. 720-895-0500 where it's all about you. NMLS 298191.
3: It's that time of year we've made our resolutions for the new year, but how about for your pet? Have you made your paw-solutions? Hey, this is Scott Watley for my friends at Lone Tree Veterinary Medical Center, and now's the time to get your pet in for their annual physical. At Lone Tree Veterinary Medical Center, they'll take a close look at your pet and compare findings with those of previous visits. Or if it's your first visit, this will get your new friend off on the right paw to a happy and healthy life. At these wellness exams it's your opportunity to report on anything out of the ordinary that you may have noticed with your pet bringing your pet in for regular wellness exams and annual physicals can ward off serious illness and help to avoid those high medical bills later yes your pet is depending on you this year to help them keep their Paul's Solution. Regular checkups and annual physicals at Lone Tree Veterinary Medical Center. Call 303-708-8050. That's 303-708-8050. You can also check out their great blogs at LoneTreeVet.com. Here are
9: the three C's of high performance in less than 60 seconds. Your engine piston rings must have good compression, which makes good combustion, which saves cash at the pump. But you lose compression when piston rings clog with carbon. Today's engines use low-tension rings, which clog much easier, which lowers compression, combustion, and the amount of cash in your pocket, with higher fuel cost and expensive repairs. This problem can be fixed as fast as your next oil change. The best service shops use a BG product that cleans the engine and accomplishes the three C's in just 15 minutes. It has three letters, E,
5: Have you planned well enough to be able to do the things you love when that time comes? When will you take Social Security? Have you thought about health care during your retirement days? Will you stay in your current home or move to another part of the country or world? These are all questions Al Smith of Golden Eagle Financial will ask you. The only way Al can help you with your financial future is to know what your future goals are. You don't want to be that person that tries to retire only to find themselves back at work because there wasn't enough money to handle all the expenses. Al will stress test your current plan, if you have one, and show what needs to be changed to make sure you achieve your financial goals. Al doesn't just help you with your financial goals either. He'll help you achieve your personal goals as well. That's Al's goal for all of his clients. He wants you to be financially free so you can achieve the things you've always wanted to do. Call Al Smith today at 303-744-1128 or visit our website, drive-radio.com. All right, Drive Radio, KLZ five sixty, myself, Jeff Kitty, Charlie Grimes, our engineer, Larry Yunger answering phones. Lines are full. As soon as somebody drops off, feel free to you know call in and we'll get you right on air. You can text us as well. I got a couple of messages I'll get to in a moment. Three oh seven two hundred eighty two twenty two. Dennis, though, you're next. What's going on?
2: Hey, good morning, John. How are you? Sir?
5: Good. Good hearing from you, Dennis. Good, to,
2: good to talk to you guys again. I uh, I got a recall on a my thirty five hundred
5: diesel on your uh, di- probably, probably on a Ram. I'm assuming. Yeah. 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 On the fuel
2: pump. What yep. are your thoughts of me going ahead and purchasing one and putting it in and avoid waiting?
5: Oh, it will. It, they will not. Vo- they will not honor the rest of your warranty that's on the fuel system on the truck if you do that. So I would. I would advise against it, although you're just like me. You know, I've got several of those trucks. You're going to be waiting for them to get the, the older pump, which is what they're doing. As you know, they're going retroactive. They're putting the old pump back on it because the new pump just doesn't doesn't work with the fuel that we have. And so it's it's a situation where you're going to have to wait for them to get the fuel. What Have you had any issues, check engine lights, anything like that up to this point?
2: No problems whatsoever. Okay. I, I just had a friend that told me about one of his guys that had it, and it, put a bunch of particles in the fuel so Oh it'll eat them up.
5: Oh yeah. yeah. If they if they if they go completely bad, it'll yeah, they'll just basically explode. Or implode, <laughs> I should say.
2: Okay, leave her be.
5: So what I would do though is given the fact that you've got one, so what you must have like a 2019, 2020, what do you have? 2021.
2: 2019 heavy okay. duty 3500. Yeah, so
5: 2019, same as mine, and mine's on the same recall. Uh, what I would recommend that you do in the meantime is just run a good lubricity Additive, because the reason those things are going bad internally is they don't have enough lubricity. So, and, you know, run a good BG lubricity in it for now, Dennis. And if you do that until you can get the recall handled, you should be fine. Is that cetane additive uh, help? It doesn't even need to be the cetane. You, you want w- whatever additive BG makes okay. some great stuff, but just whatever additive you're, you're using, make sure that it's a lubricity enhancer, not just cetane. Yeah.
2: You go. Okay. Good enough. Yeah. Okay. I've got- couple of pbg products i put in there
5: and i think their particular product that you want to use is their i think it's their dfc with lubricity is what you want to try to use good i've got that okay that's what you want to use so if you use that again up until because by the way it it could be middle of summer before you get a pump for it
2: sure yeah i figured so i i just now have you gotten on the list have you
5: have you actually you know made an appointment and gotten you know gotten to where you're on the list and all that or where are you at with that
2: no, they just sent me a notice and told me the part's not available to wait for further notice.
5: Okay, all right. I What I would probably do is, you know, whatever dealer you would, which, okay, I guess I'll say this on air. There's only certain dealers in this town I would use to do that recall, by the way. Who do you well, normally okay. use?
2: Uh, if I have to have a dealer look at it, I, I usually use Arvada West, but I'd probably go over to Johnson.
5: There you go. Okay, just keep doing that, yeah. and, and I would do that. And I would go ahead and call them on the front side and say, hey, I know I'm on the list, but just want to make sure that I'm on the list, and uh, you will be my dealer to do this. I'm not sure exactly how they format that on their side, but just make sure you're there and you know you can get on the list and so on.
2: I will do that. I appreciate it. I've got one other interesting question for you. There I there was a supposedly going to be a shortage of the def.
5: I um, heard that too and I can't verify that. I mean, I bought some extra. The question that you have to you, or the the problem that you have to worry about with def is it does have a shelf life as you know. Now, if you keep it all contained and there's no air and it never gets opened, it's got a pretty decent shelf life, but it still has a shelf life even at that. It'll crystallize
2: I've been I've been about six months. Okay. Uh, it's the longest I try to keep them. Um, yeah, and,
5: and I think you could go a year if you keep it in a nice, cool place. You know, out of the sun. You know, it, it doesn't have as chan- as much of a chance to crystallize at that point. I think you could get by that long with it. But yeah, there is a shelf life to death.
2: Right now, do you, is there a way do you know you know what I'm talking about that a person can make his own just to mm. get by?
5: I you know I've seen some <laughs> you know, I've seen some. Guys out there, and I, I've not verified this, so please, nobody listening, take my word for this, but I have heard some guys making some of this at home on their own Dennis. you know, in, in, in various ways of doing it. I've never tried it. I don't know how it works, and, and I would say that... That vehicles that are still under warranty, I would be highly suspect of doing any of that because if they find that you're using some sort of an inferior product, and then you have an issue with a, you know, a tank heater or anything along those lines, they could come back and say we're not warranting this, and you don't want that because it's very expensive to fix that stuff.
7: Yep.
2: Well, a good warranty. It sure gets in the way, though. Uh huh.
5: <laughs> okay, it does. Yeah.
2: Okay, I appreciate that, John. You guys have a wonderful week. You're very welcome, thank Dennis. So appreciate
5: much. that. No, thank you. Thank you for that phone call. And uh, by the way, for those of you that are driving any of those 6.7 Cummins uh, 2019, 2020, and I believe even some 2021s, uh, you have to uh, know that there's a recall on those injector pumps, and you will be getting notified of those. And yes, the CP4s are failing. We don't have enough sulfur in our diesel is the biggest reason for that. Mm. Mike in Westminster, you're next.
10: Jeez, that sounds like uh, lead for valves, doesn't it?
5: Uh, Very much so, yes.
10: (laughs) Anyway, I have an O2 Silverado, and it's, it's getting to be battery time. Okay. So I went looking at a couple of suppliers, and two of them said, I have to have my fan on when I disconnect the battery. No, you don't. I mean, I've never had no. it done before, but it's like...
5: No. no, I don't know who's saying that. No, and, and in my opinion, there's only one battery to buy, and that's the pen battery that Napa sells. It's, a, it's the same as like a Deca brand, but the pen battery that Napa's selling is the only battery to buy.
10: So what's the difference as you step up in, in uh, cold cranking amps?
5: N- you want my real honest answer? Yeah, you you don't necessarily want the highest cold cranking amp battery because they typically don't last as long as some of the lower cranking amp, less expensive batteries. And I'm t- I'm giving you that as a fleet guy that buys a lot of batteries.
10: <laughs> yeah, it's a uh, don't you just love
5: winter? Um, winter's the tough. You know, we, people don't realize it, but winter is tougher on batteries. At, you know, extreme heat, extreme cold, yep. very hard on batteries. But yes, the cold is as you know, the cold's very hard on them.
10: I can't clear my oil light. Change the oil,
5: yeah. Switch,
10: and I'm thinking when I go to put the the code checker, it says not enough battery. So it's like well, uh, maybe that's happening. The same thing.
5: Uh, yeah, could very well be. Yes, that would make sense so actually. Like, I just I, I, I don't know who told you the fan. I, I, I've never heard How? of having have a fan run on that. Doesn't make any sense.
10: It was um, and I it was you know one of the big three. I even think I I saw it at Napa, but I don't I don't want to you.
5: Know, I've never anybody. on one of those trucks. I've never I've never had any issues putting the battery in one. <laughs> Ever. But
10: I was I was looking online at the at the suppliers just to see who's got it. I'll, I'll find it again and I'll let you know.
5: I mean, on that particular vehicle of yours, either the you know the red legend that, that Napa sells or the uh, the blue legend. Either one of those, depending upon. And that's a, I would do the seventy eight series. Uh, battery in that. If it were me, and it doesn't matter which one of those two you buy, one I think is 600 cranking amps, and the other's like 690. Uh, again, whatever you choose to do, they'll both have great longevity, and there's nothing wrong with their red battery. That's less money. I um by about I've 20 got, bucks. So uh, you know,
10: I've got three years on this one, and it seems a little short to me. But
5: what and what brand is it?
10: Uh, duh, 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 duh. I forget now.
5: Because there's a huge oh. huge variation in quality of batteries. I mean, I learned, again, on the fleet side, and I've shared this story many, many times, and I appreciate the fact NAPA finally went to a pen because before, you know, the guys making their batteries, and I'll be the first to tell you that years ago I couldn't use a NAPA battery in my fleet. They wouldn't handle the, the you know, the vibrations of plowing and snow and the extra load that the snow plow does and, you know, all the different things that are happening there, which plowing snow is the toughest thing you can do in a vehicle, including the electrical system and the battery. But I'll tell you, I had to go to the pen batteries. Back then they were the Deca brands. Now NAPA has that exact same battery. It's the best battery as a fleet operator I've ever been able to use, Mike.
10: Hey, John, you have it easy plowing now. Uh, back back yes. 40 years when i ploughed a mile and a half i had to go out and move the blade by oh, hand oh yeah no i
5: started that way when i first started plowing snow <laughs> as a kid you know when i was you know 15 16 years of age oh yeah there was a, had the pin for the angle where you had to get out and repin it and oh yeah it was a pain in the rear so yeah it's much oh, much yeah, better we, today
10: we lived up in in aspen park and had a mile and a half to get to the bus stop
5: yep Yep. No, I, no, you are correct. It is. It is much. <laughs> e- I am not complaining at all. It is The trucks themselves, it's much better today than it ever was. Not complaining at all.
10: <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, we had a half-ton Dodge Power Wagon. I would have loved to have a three-quarter-ton truck <laughs> yeah. just for the extra weight of the yep. truck. To... Anyway.
5: But As you know, plow snow is day. the hardest thing on them. But, yeah, no, either, either one of those batteries would work fine, Mike. All thanks a lot. You'd have no issues, and, and it'll last and be a great battery. So and Napa sells those. In fact, I'm looking now. They've got plenty of stock of those around town. Randy, hang tight. We'll come back to you. Got a battery question as well. We've got a couple lines open, 303-477-5600, which, by the way, with the cold weather we had, that's probably a good topic is the battery charging system end of things. We'll be right back, though. Don't go anywhere. Questions for us. Let us know. This is Drive Radio, KLZ 560.
4: As the cold comes in, don't let the heat go out. Call Absolute Electrical Heating and Air for all of your HVAC electrical and boiler needs absolute electrical heating and air they specialize in hvac boilers and all your electrical needs this is not the time of year to mess with heating issues absolute electrical heating and air focused on doing the job right at an affordable price they are a top rated home services company with a 100 percent satisfaction guarantee
0: for a limited time KLZ listeners who purchase a high efficiency american standard furnace will receive a free air purification system Terms and conditions apply. Call now for an estimate on your new furnace, 720-526-0231.
4: For quality and service beyond compare, call Absolute Electrical Heating and Air.
5: Winter is here, and we've seen snow, high winds, and fires. You need to make sure your vehicle is ready for whatever Mother Nature throws at you. Let Extreme Auto Repair get you ready for anything that may come your way. With supply chain issues affecting everything we purchase, make sure you don't delay in getting whatever you need for your car or truck done before it's too late they service all makes and models of vehicles and they specialize in diesel repair don't forget they also sell tires and cooper tires are at their cost don't be that person who waits until the last minute to get their vehicle ready get into extreme auto repair now find them at drive-radio.com that's drive-radio.com or call 303-841-1071 that's extreme auto repair
9: If your engine doesn't leak oil, but you have to add to it between oil changes, where does the oil go?
4: GIA will make sure your vehicle is insured up to a stated value to protect your investment. Get the right insurance from GIA. Call 303-423-0162.
5: All right, we are back, Drive Radio, KLZ 560. Thanks for joining us today. We appreciate it. One line open, 303-477-5600. Randy and Lyman, you are next.
1: Hey, hello, John. Good hearing your voice. Thank you, sir. Uh, hey, I got a question for you. I'm sorry I didn't buy a Napa battery because uh, I'm a diehard guy, but I, I might go back to the Napa's. But anyway, my alternator took a crap, so I had to get an alternator. Battery was within a year, so I went in and changed the battery and then I did some extra digging, thinking, and I figured, well, my my starter's been in there probably seven years, so I got a brand-new starter alternator battery. Uh, My battery is a diehard Platinum AGM. is the one that I got. Uh, But what I want to ask you now, the question is, the CCA on that one is 740, the reserve is 115, and then it said 60 amp hours, which I don't have any idea what that is. But which one's giving me the most... Which one's helping me the most when it comes to starting the car when we're, like, minus 5 degrees? Is it the cold, cold crank reserve or the 60-amp? or Cold, cold cranking all amps is it?
5: what's is what's starting the car when it's that cold out. But, but again, you know, the reality is for the majority of vehicles on the road, even a 500 cold cranking amp battery would start anything out there for yeah. the most part on the road today, minus some of the larger diesels that need a little more than that because of what they are. But you yeah. know, there's hardly a vehicle out there that a 500... Even though most batteries will come with 600 and above, they'll all right. start with a 500 cold-cranking-amp battery and sometimes even less than that because it just doesn't take that much on some vehicles.
1: Yeah. yeah I, just, I just want the extra security. No one is there. But is, is there anyone like, is the Reserve giving me more or is it the CCA that's giving me the most?
5: The, the as CCA as is giving you the yeah. most.
1: Okay. On and a cold start, the reserve.
5: the reserve is there, so if you you know get that battery drained down that reserve is there so if you turn the key off let everything sit for a little while it will essentially quote-unquote build back up i know that's not exactly what's happening so those of you that are you know phds in battery don't don't correct me on that but in layman's terms that's the way it works it will it will build the battery back up again that's what that reserve is
1: randy is that is that probably why my needle gauge when I start the car in the morning it's a little above the Of course, yeah. It's, it's going to charge that back. You know, from, it's it's
5: it's attempting to get more power back into the battery to yep. get it up to the state that it was prior.
1: Right, since so I put a draw on it. That's right. Uh, another one I, I didn't have any idea what that is, but what's the sixty amp sixty amp hours? What's that all about? If you want to play your radio while you're at work or something, you know, or is, is that where that comes in, or? You know, is that coming off your reserve? Or no, no, I uh, used to work this place radio all day. You
5: know? that's essentially. But again, I I wouldn't advise anybody doing that. If you're going to have the vehicle just sit and sit there without the, you know, without running and the keys on, right. uh, You know, rule of thumb would be you know 10-15 minutes max. After that, either start the car and have it, you know, you know, keep that battery maintained, or turn all that stuff off and do something different.
1: Okay. Just having it uh, sit well, there, click- you
5: know, running down is not good for any battery.
1: Nope. One other quickie I want to throw in, because they closed down Highway 70 for a little bit here from uh, Lyman to, I don't know, Lyman to Burlington or Lyman to Deer Trail, whatever it was. But anyway, I want want to drive the car for, you know, 20, 30 minutes, 45 if I can, but letting it run out there for 20 minutes, is that... Charging my battery back up, or I thought I heard you that that really, doesn't really do anything. Or if I let it run twenty minutes or something, does it? Well, as long really as the
5: engine's it? running, it's keeping the battery maintained. And and or if it needed a little charge, it will do that as well.
7: Right. And that's a little charge. You don't want to try so and like charge
5: your battery from dead. Correct. Yeah, you want to use a battery charger to get it up to a level that the that the really yeah. the alternator is just maintaining it. If yeah. you would.
1: Right. I just I like to drive it that way, you know. It gets from the power steering to the differentials to the transmission fluid to, you know, your oil, your radiator. Everything gets you when you're driving it instead of just sitting. Yeah. Right. Uh, but anyway, so it's the CCAs that are keeping me going when we're getting this minus five degree stuff. Correct. Yep. Okay. Do I need to drive it that day, or can it, can it sit a day, yep. uh-huh. or, or? Okay. I just it just you know I just worry about it being that cold. And now it's 24 hours. It's just, just an ice cube. Cold is cold. <laughs> Well, yeah. After 24 hours, it's
7: probably not going to get any colder.
1: Uh, okay. I don't have to drive it, but it's probably
5: not a bad idea. It Mm. it wouldn't hurt if you can, but you don't don't have to. Yeah, okay. All right, thank you, guys. You're very welcome, Randy. Thank you. I appreciate that very much. We've got uh, Bill from Inglewood up next. Bill, welcome.
7: Hey, good morning. Hey, what's the question of the day? Just curious.
5: Oh, you know what? I didn't necessarily put one together for today. I'm sorry. I No
7: no problem. Hey, I, didn't, I'm I, at, I, I
5: I have one for next week that I will tell you guys now what it is, and we can plan on it next week because the Daytona 500 coming up, I'm going to ask what are good car movies. Not movies about cars, but just, you know, car movies.
7: Well, they're, they're, they're racing this weekend in an L.A. Yes, they coliseum. Are. They spent yes, they a million are. bucks redoing that. Anyway, um my question is I'm looking at getting a, a Classy RV, a used one. Okay. And I want to go with Ford, and uh, I have several different options out there. And I, I was kind of give me your opinion. I know the 350 chassis versus the 450. I know the 350s one ton. I really want to know. I'm going about a 24, 26 foot. By, buy as big a one
5: as you can. What's that? Buy as big of one of, as you can. There's a huge difference between the 350s and 450s.
7: Okay, and then the other question on that, uh, I kind of wanted to know the difference, is on the V10 engine. I can find some out there with the V10 on the Ford engine. I, I don't know if I can find a diesel or not, Or They're just tough. give me your overall opinion in a way.
5: If I could buy a diesel, I definitely would, given just our mountains, the longevity of the of the unit, the resale value of the unit. I mean, all of that is much better. Not that the V10... Won't work. They, they do, and they actually work fairly well, although they don't have near the, the power and capacity, you know, pulling-wise, as the diesel does. Not even close. Okay. What, but cost what, will be less. What,
7: what diesels do they normally put in those RVs? Depends on the, the year.
5: What's that? It Depends upon the year. What, what years are you looking at? Well, I'm looking at anywhere from 2015 up. It'll be a 6.7 Ford then. The, the diesel, on a Ford, it'll be a 6.7.
7: Okay, I found a 2015 with only 32,000 miles. So, yeah,
5: most uh, of those, as you know, Bill, when you're looking around, most of those will have you know fairly low miles because very few people, you know, you know, take their RV and just go coast to coast, coast to coast. I mean, most RVs are are not going to have a ton of miles. In fact, one of the issues with a lot of RVs is just that sitting and what they've done and how good are the tires yeah. and and everything else. It's really that more than anything. Suspension frame. The wheels themselves, you're going to a 19.5 wheel. The tires that cost more, but they'll last you much longer than they will on the 16s that will be on the, the 350s. Because uh, most of those are, yeah, are going to be 16s on those. So, yeah, you go to the 19.5 wheel. It's just heavier all around. Yes, brakes, suspension, uh, the, the frame. I mean, everything on it, as far as the chassis is concerned, is heavier. Okay, so if I could find a 450. If you can, yeah. I mean, not, not that that's a deal killer, but, again, your longevity down the road is just much higher on a 450, 550 than it is a 350. I know a lot of folks think, well, just going 350, 450. Well, that jump. From that 350 to to really what what the the 350s and 450s are, and this is true with, you know, Ram on the, you know, 4,500, 5,500, same situation there. That jump from that 3,500 to that next level is like going from a half-ton to a one-ton truck. Okay. Literally. I mean, it is another series. Even though they look very similar, Bill, it's another series of truck above. That's probably the best way for me to say it. Do they make a 550 and a Class C? I don't know. I, that's a good question. I'm not sure that they do. Um,. The 450s and 550s are essentially the same with the exception of the GVWR changes. The yeah. rest of it and how it's actually assembled, really the only difference that I've ever been aware of from the 450s to the 550s, uh, transmission, engine, all that's the same. It's typically on the frame itself, and and, and i got to double-check on that one whether it, it, there's any difference on the frame. It, typically, it's suspension difference. Okay. Because okay. they got, they've got a larger GVWR.
1: Axles? Yeah.
5: Oh, and okay. I don't even know on a 450, there if there's much difference there, because I've owned some of those, and I've looked underneath them in the past, Bill, and, and I'd have to get very specific on exactly, you know, the rear differentials and so on, but I don't think there's a lot of difference other than the spring rate.
7: Okay. Well, one last question. I know I say one last question, but I'm looking at Ford, but do you prefer a Chevy or Dodge? Uh, I don't <laughs> think there are very many class Cs in Dodge.
5: Yeah, I, the problem is they didn't build a lot of those no. for that industry. Ford, you know, has a really great relationship with the RV industry and built a lot of chassis for them. It will be odd for you to find. I mean, about the only thing you might find— on the Chevy side would be like an older top kick chassis that that's then mounted to some sort of an RV but that's a whole different even yeah. ball game than what you have now so i i don't think you'll find anything other than a Ford Okay yeah i don't know i just the biggest just, thing I... i've been learning on on the RV side of the fence by the way is you know not only do you have to watch the chassis side but even the the coach manufacturer cuz some yeah. of them have you know better uh, better qualities when it comes to how they do the sidings, the window, the roof, also as well. And I've yeah. learned through watching, you know, some things on YouTube and so on that the RV roof side of the fence, Bill, you really have to get up there, crawl around, double check it, have somebody that knows an RV inspect it, because from what I've been reading, the roof is one of the first things to fail on those.
7: Yep. Okay. They need well, to be by checked by once
5: did a year. place yep. to be
7: built up in the mountains? Or are you still working on it?
5: Say that again, Bill. Are
7: you still getting your place rebuilt up in the mountains that you lost by fire? Or, or?
5: Uh, working with a contractor now, so I'm I'm hoping that we can have some construction going here in the next several months. But I'm behind the eight ball like everybody else is. There's just not enough builders to get things done.
7: Yeah, yeah. That's the well, my, issue. My past uh, occupation was in the insurance industry and. Uh, I teach insurance classes, and we're talking about the Marshall Fire, and, you know, it's three to five years before anything realistically. Oh, easy. Realistically, easy. Yeah,
5: get- I, th- these guys were oh, saying, oh, things will be back to normal in a couple of years. No, Bill, that's a five-year minimum. And, and not right now, with the shortages we have, that might be short-sighted.
7: Well, yeah, you can't find equipment, you no. can't find materials, and you can't find builders. And then when the government gets involved in the cleanup and everything right. else, they're going to delay, delay, delay.
5: And, and on top of that, I think you're going to find, you know, this, the numbers right now, you've been watching this like I have. You know, they're saying that about 20% of those people are underinsured. And I'll bet you, Bill, that when they get done with it, it's more like 50%.
7: Absolutely, absolutely. Well, great show, guys. I Thanks, appreciate. Bill. Thanks
5: appreciate it. No, as always, I pre- great question, by the way. Joe and, and Jersey, hang tight. We'll come right back. This is Drive Radio, KLZ 560.
3: com. BG.
4: You might be misinformed about your home insurance policy and while you're making the claim is not the time to find out. Paul Leuenberger knows this and will educate you about the types of home insurance so you can make the right choices. There are three different kinds of home insurance. Structural home insurance covering the outside, liability insurance for if someone gets hurt on your property, and contents insurance for possessions inside the home. Paul knows that the insurance money received after a big loss is often not enough for total loss replacement. In fact, with other companies, there is no such thing as total loss replacement. That's unique to Paul. Make sure your coverage matches your premium. Otherwise, you can't have the peace of mind that you should have with insurance. Work with someone who will make sure you have the right policy. Call Paul Lewinberger at 303-662-0789 to learn about getting coverage that gives you peace of mind.
5: All right, we are back. Drive Radio KLZ 560. Okay, real quick, Bill, I did do some checking during that break, and depending upon year, manufacturer, and so on, actually most all of the truck manufacturers make some sort of a – Class C. Now, what you find, you know, and what I mean by that is Ram, Chevys, I don't really like. It's more of a van chassis. But Rams does have their, you know, 4,500, 5,500 chassis they did do on some motorhomes. Ford does make a 550 or a 450 in that. And then don't forget Mercedes in some of that Sprinter, quote-unquote, Sprinter van chassis has some of those as well. But I think you're on the right track with, with the 450, 550 end of things. Joe, what's going on, sir?
0: John, i got a question about uh, long map updates and long idle times. So but first, a uh, little tip or suggestion. I, uh, three months into the Telluride, I get this thing on that pops up, time to update your map. So I go on my computer. The map update is 22 gigabytes. Jeez. Not megabytes, giga- gigabytes of data. I had to go buy a bigger thumb drive. <laughs> and, and here's the tip, by the way. The difference between a, a USB 2.0 thumb drive and a 3.0, the data transfer rate is a factor oh. of 10.
5: Yes, yeah, lightning 10. fast. Yes, way different.
0: Yes. So, number one, don't even think about doing a 22-gigabyte update with a 2.0 thumb drive. <laughs> I agree. Now, you here's be question. All day. Here's my question. Even with the 3.0, it says it's going to be about a 25-minute update, which mean, and they say you should have the car turned on so you don't run your battery down. Right. My question is, after a 25-minute idle Uh, I assume, number one, it's not going to hurt the car, but after it, should I take it out and run it? Is there anything I need to blow out, or can I just turn it off and park
5: it? Just turn it off park it. On that one, I mean, would I do that every day and idle it, you know, every day, 25 minutes? Probably not, but in this particular case, not going to hurt anything. And, you know, unless you've got the ability to put a battery charger on it and just let it sit there while you're doing it, you could do that, but most everybody doesn't have
0: that. Yeah, I've got a battery charger, but I think I just... You know, rather than go through the hassle, I would just yeah. let it idle if I'm you not. you could. Not,
5: yeah, you could.
0: Not, not going to do any damage, but no, man, I don't know how they how they did map updates. I think in the past they just did uh, changes. Now they used to do them on a-
5: CDs, and those things first came out. I know General Motors was one; Ford was the same, where they actually would, sh- sh- you know, ship you a CD or a DVD if you yep. would that had the new map on it. You'd put that in, and it would read off of that and do what was needed. But yeah, now they're all done off of either a card or the. A USB thumb drive, one of the two.
0: Yeah, either an SD SD card or USB. And you're right, my Durango. It was just a I pop a a, a CD in the slot, yep. It would do. In fact, it would do it while I was driving. Uh, But now it's uh, well. They say you can do it while you're driving, but it's an hour and a half if if you're driving and and still want to use the screen.
5: I'm guessing because it's doing other. You know, the computer is doing other things besides just the update. Is that why? I'm guessing. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah, that's going to tell you that if you want to, they call it a background update, and they say allow 90 minutes for a background update, uh, or 25 minutes at idle. Got it. So, I was just blown away uh, by a 20. I didn't have a, a thumb drive that I didn't have a. You need a 32 gigabyte thumb drive. I didn't have one that big. I had to go buy a couple. It was just <laughs> blown away. 22 gigabytes. So amazing!
5: Um, it's amazing you can get that uh, much. It used to be. I mean. Thumb drive, if it had, you know, you know, 128 meg was, you know, big back in the day. So yeah, they're huge now.
0: I, in fact, I've got a six-year-old laptop. It's only got a 32 gig hard right. drive right. in my, my 5 year my five-year-old's laptop. <laughs>
5: amazing.
3: They, they, amazing It really
5: is. I mean, you think about that side of it. It's just, it really is. It's just amazing how big they've got. But you uh, you can and you can, by the way, for you, you, as you know, Joe, you can also buy a terabyte. A one or two terabyte stick now also.
0: Yep, yep. In fact, uh, I don't know if I I showed you uh, uh, a little. You can now get, uh, I think, a 256 micro SD card that holds as much data as a a three-and-a-half-foot high. Remember the old uh, three-and-a-half-inch? Floppy disk, yeah. oh, yeah.
5: The rigid plastic. oh yeah. yeah, so yeah. Well, I remember the. I I was I'm old enough, Joe. I remember the ones prior to that that were the big the five honkers. And a quarter. The, yeah, the big five and a quarter ones. Yes, I remember those as well.
0: But just go to the three and a half. I actually did the math on it. One SD card can hold as much data as a three and a half foot high stack. Yeah. Of three. And well, a half they were only one
5: point four four meg. Yeah,
0: yeah, that's right, one point four four. And now you get an SD card as big as your fingernail. And it'll hold three and a half feet worth of uh, uh, floppy disk. I remember back in
5: the day when you'd go to load, I'm showing my age here, but when you first got into Mm. it, Windows, you know, the original, you know, either DOS, and then when Windows first came out, Windows 95, it was all on floppies, Joe. Yep, I remember. You just kept kept inserting them. I I think there was like six disks, if I'm not not mistaken. You'd get done with one, you'd flip the next one in.
0: You know, I, I think I, I think I have an old set of those from a computer I got rid of. That's hilarious.
5: And... <laughs> That's hilarious. Uh, no, I mean I remember it, it was Windows. So let me go back in time. Here. It was. I'm actually I'm, I'm out of order here because you had DOS to begin with. And then you had Windows three yeah. one, or you could have Windows three one one workgroup if you wanted to network them together, yeah. and you had to use the actual cable networking that you'd run, you know, regular like coax cable between the computers if you needed to do that back then. And then Windows ninety five came out, and the world changed.
0: Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And and the first DOS was the rate was the Tandy Radio Shack Tandy.
5: <laughs> yep. Yeah. And yep.
0: then and then you had then you had the IBM, so then you had MS DOS, which was. Microsoft, though. right, yep.
5: right. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing. I mean, you look at how how much of that's changed, and and yet there are still some things. To your point, even on your car, as technologically advanced as it is, you know that that mapping thing. Honestly, they should be able to do that over the air, and you shouldn't have to dink around with what you're doing. As far as I'm concerned. Right.
0: Oh, uh, you're right. Hey, one more little comment. I just saw my daughter was looking at. Uh, apparently, I didn't realize this. The Jeep Wagoneer is basically a Durango with you know a jeep you know jeep skin on it you know what they're getting for a, a jeep wagoneer which is a three-row hemi car these depends, days you know what it that's?
5: depends on which one you buy if you buy just the standard edition or you buy the full bore uh, ultimate i don't remember what they call it ultimate or or limb I, I gotta go through i don't remember which one it is I, I think i've got one slated to drive here in the near future but uh they'll start somewhere joe for the basic unit 80k and the full bore one's 120
0: <laughs> yeah i just Blown away eighty eighty two thousand for the basic Wagoneer eighty two thousand dollars yep. for a Jeep Wagoneer. Yep. Wow.
5: Yep. Uh, no, I like I said, there are And if you get the full bore, uh, I think it's called the Grand Wagon. So it's either Wagoneer or Grand Wagoneer. Sorry, I gotta make sure I say this right. Sorry, sorry. Uh, you know, Jeep, but it's either Wagoneer or Grand Wagoneer. And, yes, it is a Jeep product, even though there's no Jeep emblem anywhere on it. it is It is uh, manufactured and sold through Jeep, which is, of course, the Stellantis Group. And, the yeah, the Grand Wagoneer is all decked out. You're 120. Hmm.
0: Yeah, and my... Um, no, and, by the way, really the website will
5: tell you, starting at 58, there isn't a single one of them ever built that's 58K, Joe. Yeah,
0: and is this, is that a relative... I don't ever recall seeing a three row Jeep before three. No,
5: this three is new. Jeep well, Jeep. they they I think the L version or the longer version of the Grand Cherokee now has a third row seat, but this is this is their, you know, and actually this is bigger than a Durango. This is more of a Tahoe size. It's not a Durango. Okay.
0: All right, so it's actually bigger. It's, it's bigger like
5: a than a. I've been in. I've been in one. I've actually been to the dealer and sat in one and seen one. And and you know, we've got one of my guys thinking about even even buying one of them. So yeah, it's more of a Tahoe size. Okay, uh,
0: interesting. So it's not a. Dur- uh, it's, it is
5: not a crossover on the Durango. It is. It's bigger than that.
0: Well, I, I appreciate uh, under, learning that because uh, I thought it's it actually fairly size.
5: It's a. It's a fair size vehicle, Joe. It's. It's. I mean. It's. It's it's a uh, like I say it's just like climbing into a full bore you know Tahoe I mean as far as as far as the size goes now I'll tell you this the Grand Wagoneer luxury wise it's got it's got everything the GM lineup has beat and even the Ford lineup beat by far Okay by um, far
0: it, it's probably got the retractable uh uh
5: running boards and oh man and and i tell you what the interior of one if you haven't if if those of you listening if you haven't just just to see one if you can find a dealer that's got one in stock and look inside of it i tell you what joe it it, is breathtaking is probably uh around the, the term you should use inside i mean they have done just a fabulous job on the interior it's beautiful
0: it's a, by the way, but I see the mileage still sucks It's sixty. Yeah, they're videos. using the Hemi. I mean,
5: the, the Hemi engines just don't do great mileage-wise. So, no, it's not. It's not. It's not what you're going to get out of the the Tahoe side by any means.
0: Hmm. Yeah, I used to eke out twenty-one or twenty-two um, on my Durango. On now, am I correct that uh, was it the Durango where they used to put a couple of cylinders to sleep and your eighth yes. cylinder became a cylinder? Is,
5: um, are they
0: still doing? Are they still doing that?
5: I don't believe they ever did that on the Hemis. Okay. That's why the mileage uh, but, has never been that great.
0: Yeah. yeah. But, uh, yeah, but they've shaved what I used to get off my Durango by two now. They, were, they went 22 to 20. Yeah. I guess it's because of the larger size. I assume there's a weight increase to go with that larger frame. Higher yes. drag. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah, it's probably not a car. It's not a car you want to be running around town no, a
5: and with you No, so. unless you don't mind filling up. So, anyways. <laughs> Yeah, because your know, round-town economy is 13 and highway is 18, so there's your answer. Yeah. Joe, right, i got to run. Appreciate it, man. As always, right. really good stuff. I right, thank you very much for that. Paul and Fort Collins, hang tight. We'll come right back and talk to you on the RV suspension sides of things. And this is Drive Radio, KLZ 560.
9: Still haven't had enough? Go to drive-radio.com. Email your questions and comments.